guys, you're listening to Millennials at the Movies. I'm Amy. And I'm Novi, and today's movie is Sphere. According to Google Movies, when psychologist Norman Goodman wrote a report for the government on how to deal with extraterrestrial life forces, he didn't expect his recommendations to be used. Now that a secret government agency is investigating what may be an alien spaceship that has been discovered partially buried on the floor of the Pacific Ocean, Norman finds that the plan he outlined is being put into effect and that the team he named in his report has been assembled. It's not streaming anywhere, but you can purchase it digitally. On Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it an 11, and the audience (gasps) gives it a 38. Oh my god. This is going to be fun, because Sphere is based on one of my top five favorite novels of all time, (laughs) and you've never read it, so I wonder if we're going to have really different experiences. I'm sure that we are, and we have already. Um... Holy crap, you said 11, though? 11. 11. Wow. I can't I mean, imagine anything being physically a movie and getting an 11. <laughs> well, I can give you a little spoiler. I've definitely rated it higher than both of those ratings. So we're off to a good start, maybe. I don't know. Well, I'm um, glad to hear you gave it better than an 11. And a 30, whatever it was. So yay me. Um, this movie, I have to say, it starts, the way it starts off, the helicopter scene anyway, gave me such Jurassic Park 3 vibes. I just sat there and I was like, you, this might as well be that movie. I don't know why. It makes no sense. It, like, (laughs) I just felt like if if a dinosaur started to talk (laughs) to Norman, I wouldn't be weirded out by it because I was thinking of Jurassic Park 3. I so already have been surprised <laughs> with the way the rest of this fucking movie goes, neither would I. Um, but yeah, um, he so he wrote this, and okay, so there's gonna be a lot of me asking questions about shit that happens in this movie because science, and I don't know shit. I'm kind of the dumb one here, but <laughs> but you've also read the book, so you probably have better insight anyway. So yeah. he he wrote all this stuff. He was saying that he like wrote all these reports or whatever but that he was just like kind of bullshitting basically did i understand that right uh yes the government offered him multiple thousands of dollars to write a report on what would happen if we encountered aliens Mm -hmm. he thought it was bullshit but money (laughs) is money and he decided that he would like to own a house so (laughs) he just was like oh yeah sure if we encounter aliens this could happen <laughs> that it was complete and total bullshit and that the people who commissioned him to do it were insane. Yeah, and that's uh, that tells us so much about the world, doesn't it? Like we're just going to go ahead and take his word for it. Why? Cuz he wrote it, so clearly he knows what he's talking about and everything he says is right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, I great mean, start to the movie. He is a psychoanalyst for plane crash victims. So, if anyone knew anything about extraterrestrials, I mean, he would know. That's not true at all. <laughs> I almost said that's true. <laughs> no, he but is a plane crash shrink. Yeah, and that's what he thinks he's going on this job for, right? Yeah, and immediately the tension is pretty high because he gets there and nobody will answer any questions. And he says, well, where are the survivors? And people just kind of go, huh? <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, about that plane crash we told you about? Not so much. Yeah. So it was a good start. Lots of trust and honesty. I liked that a lot. <laughs> this is also a huge cast as far as being really famous people. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the actors don't really fit the characters as they were described in the book. Hmm. But I am also saying that with the rewrites that the movie put into the characters, I think they fit the characters that the movie intended them to be. Ah, okay. Well, I, again, don't know anything about the book, but... Well, Harry was supposed to be in his (laughs) mid-30s. And he was supposed to be the kind of guy who wore graphic (laughs) t-shirts. And in our reality... He's Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, He's specifically described as being nerdy and non-athletic, and then Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) And I have to say, I love Samuel Samuel L. Jackson, even though I haven't seen him in a lot, which is a weird thing to say, I know, because he's such a famous actor, but clearly I don't watch a lot of movies. Welcome to a movie podcast. Um, But the point is that I love him in everything that I see him in. Um, so I didn't know that, but I enjoyed him as this character in the movie. So whatever the book was supposed to be, sounds like it would make no sense. But this felt right for some reason, maybe just because I was happy to see him. (laughs) They rewrote the character. He was not the same Harry that he was in the book. And Samuel L. Jackson was the right fit to play this Harry. Yeah. I did have a, since you're talking about the actors and how famous they are and all that kind of stuff, very, very early on, I had a moment where I was like, okay, these are all really, really great actors. I like, even if I don't know them as great actors, I know that they are great actors, you know? Yeah. But the acting was so awful in certain parts of this movie. Yeah, it was so bad. And like, it's a 1998 or something movie, I believe, right? Yes. I'm very surprised that it was that cheesy. If it was an 80s movie, totally got it. But a 90s movie, especially late 90s, I was surprised that it was that cheesy from such great <laughs> actors. But Especially because I think they were going for a very serious, like, alien event horizon sort of feel. Mm-hmm. And instead, they kind of wound up closer to Spaceballs. <laughs> Which I also haven't seen. Um, you haven't? But- okay. Podcast over, headphones off. <laughs> hey, whose fault is that? You're the one who hasn't chosen it. We will get there. I'm sure. Um, Norman meets Ted in the hallway, and Ted is bitching about how he needs a phone. Um, <laughs> he immediately is just so hot because he's a dick. Um, <laughs> he's completely dismissive of the person who's supposed to be handling him he wrote a book called astrophysics you can use and when the man said he'd never heard of it he is just like if you don't read he can't read (laughs) i'm like oh god i'm so embarrassed that this works for me (laughs) you know if i were gonna choose one quote in any episode we've ever done to like define you it was that quote he's such an asshole or he's so hot because he's such an asshole i don't know exactly how you said it something along those lines that's that's you right there (laughs) especially in every movie we watch apparently um but yeah he i i wasn't like oh my god so hot i'm so attracted to this guy clearly because i'm not as big a fan of assholes as you are but i immediately liked him and i definitely was like 
I wanted him in every scene, you know, I was like, okay, he's going to be the fun one. I can already tell he's going to be the one I enjoy seeing. (laughs) And he is fun, but we'll get there. We're not there yet because Norman sees Beth and Sharon Stone is damn gorgeous in this movie. How does a woman look so good with such a like boy haircut? How does she pull that off? I don't understand it. Yeah, she's still had the like feminine softness. She didn't look like a boy. No, not at all. Yeah. Just gorgeous. She is. But we don't really meet her yet. Uh, Mm -mm. First, we meet Barnes and... Norman is very upset that Barnes won't tell him his name. And <laughs> Barnes' response is, you ever heard of the OSSA? They don't know who I am. That should reassure you. <laughs> I feel like, no, they shouldn't. That shouldn't reassure him. But it it's shouldn't like, at all. He, I'm surprised. You're, are you not attracted to him, too? Because he's also an asshole. <laughs> no, he's not a hot asshole. <laughs> Uh-oh. I actually okay. like that he doesn't look like the typical Navy man because it makes mm-hmm. everyone's serious and intense deferral to him better. Like he has so much power that he's kind of scrawny and kind of old and people are still just like, yes, whatever you say. <laughs> yeah. Well, he must have earned that some way and we won't know how because we don't even get to know his name. Um, <laughs> uh, I wasn't okay i i don't know if it started immediately probably but i think one of my absolute favorite things throughout this movie which is probably giving away some stuff about my overall opinion of the movie but one of my favorite things about it was the like back and forth bitching at each other between harry and ted it was in fighting it was so good, though, because I didn't think that they actually hated each other at any point. Not really. I thought it was just who they were and they were constantly going to be competing, you know, and it was acceptable on both ends. They were both there, you know, and it was so fun to watch because I'll, I'll say this. I didn't care about who Harry and Beth were to each other pretty much immediately. I didn't Norman care about Beth, right? Oh, sorry, Norman and Beth. Yes, Norman and Beth. I just didn't care because I knew that they were going to shove a love story down my throat because there's a girl in the movie. So obviously they're going to do that. And I just didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, they don't focus too hard on it anyway throughout the movie. But Oh, it's worse and we will get there. Goody. But <laughs> Barnes tells Norman that they're there for a crash spacecraft. Mm-hmm. And then we get a meeting of exposition about the craft, and it gave us some details that we needed, but also kind of established not only what the individual characters' specialties are, but, like, the rapport between them. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that where they're... No, no that's later. Because there's a scene where they're suiting up. Is that part of that scene? Where no. we're getting to know now that's after, right? Okay. Yeah, I'll jump the ahead. Where too. they just like they're told, Oh, this is why you're here, this is why you're here. Okay. And yeah. Harry says, So that's what the little green men are saying these days, take me to your therapist. <laughs> that was a great line. <laughs> uh, they are given their health checks and we find that Beth is not necessarily mentally stable. Uh-huh. Um Smart move, bringing her up or down. (laughs) I freaking love how snarky she is, though. Mm. 
and they ask her if she was drinking when she got in a car wreck and <laughs> she like it's the dumbest question in the world goes yeah but i wasn't drinking <laughs> yep well hey you know, no one says you can't be a drunk passenger right Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh norman reveals to harry that his report his big serious alien report was a fraud <laughs> and that scene was completely improvised between them which kind of impressed me because they had great chemistry that's awesome <laughs> especially when harry says i forgive you for lying i don't forgive you for ted <laughs> Yes, that was one of, that was almost my favorite line. It was not, though. Almost. So good. They're all such snarky assholes, though. It's so fun. (laughs) They are, and clearly they weren't really briefed that well. Mm. Because if you're sending a team down there, you would think you wouldn't want to send two people that are clearly already at each other's throats down, and yet Mm. they do. Also, we find out that Beth and Norman have a storied past. Mm-hmm. She implies that he has a habit of attacking people's integrity when he's stressed, and then he tells her to be nice. <laughs> and my immediate thought was, how I feel about that depends completely on any details we get in the future, because he's either a condescending douchebag or a nice guy in an awkward situation with an ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And we find out later on that the entire story is he had an affair with her behind his wife's back without Mm -hmm. her knowing that he was married while she was his patient. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't get to tell her what kind of emotions to have and he can fuck right off. I, yeah, I agree. A hundred percent agree. I, the, basically the entire movie through, I was like, you, this woman, you should not have brought this woman. To this, there, there, there was no part in this decision that you made where you were putting your team together that her name should have been there. Because if you're a psychologist, especially or a psychiatrist, whatever, anything like that, a you're not supposed to have relations with your clients, so that's already fucked. But if you do, maybe then you go, okay, I fucked up majorly. I'm gonna stop all interaction with this person, not put them near me at all times. Okay, he didn't assume that this was going to be used. He more thought that this list, A, was something he completely made up, and B, it was you would want to have a marine biologist like her and a mathematician like him, and they just specifically got the exact people he wrote in the list. Good point, but still. (laughs) Maybe just don't speak her name anymore. (laughs) You would think that somebody beforehand would be like, one of these people shouldn't be down there. Mm. but yeah. they really want to get in the damn ship <laughs> yeah they're like we just want the best let's go <laughs> when they're yeah. going down in the submarine it's doing a lot of things that are supposedly really normal it's like creaking and shaking and it's turbulent and the lights are flickering and they're terrified and then mm-hmm. they're told well it's normal it's like well then how come you didn't tell them this might happen exactly that's what i was thinking i was like Okay, you, you shouldn't wait until they ask you these questions. You should tell them, by the way, when we're in the submarine, these things are going to happen and we just want you to know it's totally normal. Expect it, you know? And then that way, when something happens that you didn't prep them on, then they could freak out rather than, like, hyperventilating <laughs> the whole time because they don't know what to expect. 
I'm pretty sure that's when um, Harry was like humming a song and Ted was freaking out in his own way and was like, stop that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, these poor people. And especially them too. They already hate each other. So. Well, Harry is very musical throughout all of this. He's always singing or humming or, but he's yeah. also very stoic mm-hmm. because he's Samuel L. Jackson. So mm-hmm. they get out of the sub and they're being helium pressurized because they're living in an underwater habitat. <laughs> That's basically space, mm-hmm. but underwater. Yeah. And Ted is lecturing them in his baby helium <laughs> voice about corrosive gases and Harry looks entirely bored and annoyed the entire time, which I mm-hmm. thought was hilarious. But then he breaks into follow the yellow brick road without smiling at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That helium scene was probably my favorite scene in the entire movie because wow. I didn't expect it. Yeah, I no, it was just a shock part of it because I didn't expect them to do that in this movie and then it was funny because of that like I don't know that if I was expecting it it would be funny to hear them with their helium voices maybe a little but I like legitimately laughed out loud at that and it was very enjoyable and yeah Harry made it even better (laughs) Uh, Harry made it better but he also didn't even want to be part of this he immediately distrusts it he suggests that the aliens might be malicious like either be immortal and have no concept of death at all or Mm -hmm. accidentally breathe out something that's poisonous to us like cyanide he does Mm -hmm. not want to open the ship but they Mm -hmm. do anyway after spending way too long just walking up to it (laughs) well that was what i think the worst of the acting was because they're walking and I'm I'm imagining they like recorded over like voiceover style because I I at least in my head that's usually what happens when there's movement in a in a scene they like do a voiceover or something that's what it feels like anyway in this scene because they're like wow look at that whoa wow and I'm like oh my god this is the shittiest acting what happened guys you're just supposed to be like legends basically <laughs> It's also the shittiest writing because Beth throws in some exposition about how poisonous undersea snakes are. (laughs) Yep. And just out of nowhere, apropos of nothing, hey, did you (laughs) know that there are a lot of poisonous shit down here? (laughs) Okay. Cool. (laughs) Thanks for that fact. (laughs) I would say fun fact, but I don't think it's all that fun. No. Um, They can't get the door open, so Ted just starts banging on it with a canister (laughs) and the paint chips, so Uh it's a shitty door. Yep. Um, Well, can I just say, though, because this is when all of, like, the innuendo begins, basically. This is where I kept, I hated myself from this point on in the movie, basically, um, because they kept saying shit, like, look at the size of that thing. and. Every time one of them said something like that, I went, that's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. You know, I have every, so out loud. written in my notes, too. Fucking hell. It was, it was constant, pretty much, throughout the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying I hate it. It's just, you know, <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> hmm. Um, They get in, and they did not open the door. The door opened for them. And mm-hmm. then they find footprints and when i say footprints i mean boot prints with tread uh-huh fresh looking boot prints with tread <laughs> on an alien spacecraft that why makes not sense. 
Yeah, it's fine. But they decide they don't have enough oxygen to stay together like smart people. So they split up. And Mm -hmm. instead of being tactical and intelligent, they decide, well, Harry and Ted, the two people who are arguably (laughs) the most qualified and intelligent, will go with Barnes. Mm -hmm. While Norman and Beth, who clearly have a storied past as far as their sexual connection and hatred for each other can just go together by themselves i'm sure it'll be fine yeah what's the worst that could happen right (laughs) well the worst that can happen i guess (laughs) Uh, find a corpse yep the the corpse okay first of all i thought it was a good jump scare it didn't actually get me but i thought it was a good placement because i don't think i necessarily expected it you know so that was good it was a fine gonna, person. <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, <laughs> I. It is going to come back later, though, because Beth's reaction to it is like, huh, oh, look, a corpse, basically. You know what I mean? And then, like, touches it and it's like, oh, it, it was hit on the head and blah, 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 all this stuff. And that's the kind of reaction I would have expected from them because I felt like they knew what they were doing or they should anyway. You know what I mean? Not necessarily like, oh, we, we knew we were going to find a human corpse down here. But, but they were professionals. Exactly. And it came across that way. And I will talk about a time in the future where it did not at all. And I was very confused. But that at that point, it was the proper reaction. And I enjoyed that she was the one who was explaining everything. Like, well, you see, blah, 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 blah. You know, science, science, science. <laughs> Well, she is scientifically capable, whereas Norman yeah. is just the psychologist. He might be able to tell you how the dead person feels, but... <laughs> that would be very special if he could do that. I bet you he felt super dead. Um, oh, wow. Deep. <laughs> I thought the setup of the big reveal was pretty adequate, because earlier on, Ted remarked that the door of the spacecraft was about the size of a human spaceship door Mm -hmm. and then harry called barnes on why the paint would have scratched off of this supposedly impossible to damage metal there Mm -hmm. were just enough questions that them finding the trash bin because ted sits on a fucking trash can (laughs) on accident and finds out there's trash on it at about the same time that they find the corpse. And so they realize it is a human yeah. craft. Yep. What I I thought it was set up very well, but what I don't like about it is we are half an hour in already. It feels <laughs> like nothing has happened. And it also feels like our heroes have not made any discoveries or figured anything out on their own. Like in the book, the scientists were constantly like deducing things and finding clues and figuring it out themselves. Mm. Uh, Here they just accidentally figured it out. (laughs) No, they figured out that it was an American spacecraft. They figured out the black hole thing. They figured Mm. out how to open the sphere. But here they just kind of stumble across super obvious shit. And so it kind of doesn't even justify having experts there at all. Like, we don't need an astrophysicist to accidentally sit on a fucking trash can. (laughs) Yeah. I... I agree on the, well, that part too, but also the, like, that it's been so long and pretty much nothing has happened. It took so long just to get to this part of the movie that I was just like, I was actually concerned 
because I didn't know if the whole rest of the movie was going to be just as slow because I feel like sci-fi goes one of two ways. It either goes real slow throughout the entire thing and just bores the shit out of you, in my opinion, Um, or it goes like starts off a little slow, maybe, but like then you're just like, oh my God, there's so much fucking happening constantly, you know? And I didn't know if it was ever going to get to that part, especially because it took so long for anything at all to happen. I also have a question because didn't Harry... I think it was when uh, Harry and Beth were still separate. They went on like an elevator thing and it like shot them up uh, really high up. Harry, but you Oh, uh, fucking Norman. They he looks like a Harry. I'm sorry everyone. I'm confusing everyone. I'm confusing myself. <laughs> uh, yes, they're having a fight about their past and not paying attention to where they're going on what they think is an alien spaceship. So they accidentally spe- step on a lift and it elevates them up into the control room. Okay, and it it goes pretty high up, right? Yes. And then I feel like I missed something, and I don't think this is... I, I don't think I actually, actually, like, missed something. Did the other three just suddenly end up in the same place as them within, like, seconds, even though they were shot up so high? It was a cut scene. Okay, got it. That's Then I did miss something, because it felt like it was, like suddenly you know here's five seconds later you went all the way up there oh here's everybody else because we need you all to be in the same scene i was like how (laughs) they didn't go up they actually went to meet the others in front of the thing that they found oh okay see i at this point i was so confused with everything because they did a lot of explaining i think throughout and i just was like trying really hard to focus I'm, i'm definitely not a like learner with like listening i'm a learner with show me (laughs) and i don't think they showed me too much just yet at this point in the movie uh the sphere is about the height and width of two humans stacked on top of each other Mm -hmm. uh it's gold bronze ish and the metal seems to be solid and liquid all at the same time Mm -hmm. and they're all super excited that they found it and yet Harry still can't resist getting a dig at Ted because they found a lot of things that say made in China, made in America, manufactured in Mexico. So mm-hmm. Harry says about the spear, don't get too excited, Ted. Turn this thing over. It'll probably say made in Korea. <laughs> He's such a dick. <laughs> yeah. I- you know, it's funny because I went back and forth on my favorite character in this movie and I started off with him being my favorite and I ended with him being my favorite. There was a moment in the middle where I wasn't sure, um, but I enjoyed him thoroughly from start to finish, basically. I mean, there was a little time in the middle where he will get there, but he wasn't really doing much, um, but he was my favorite. <laughs> I think he was my favorite, too. He had some of the best lines. Yay. Oh, I'm surprised. Ted's not your favorite. Ted I had my favorite line. Oh. It's the stupidest line, but he did have my favorite line, and I know we've passed that point already. I'm pretty sure. I didn't write when it happens, but I'm pretty sure it's at the beginning when they're first getting there and everything. He says, we come in peace, and then like has a moment where he's like, I've always wanted to say that. And I'm like, oh, you're such an idiot. You're supposed I'm to be this you. like, huh? He's a dweeb. He is, and it's like, you're supposed to be like professional, and you said the thing that I would say if I had to do anything alien-related. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, Beth decides that the sphere wants to be caught, 
And <laughs> they say that it has to be something weird because it's reflecting everything in the room except for them. Mm-hmm. I think the sphere was cool looking, by the way. I was actually, I thought there were a couple of really impressive things. I mean, I know this was 98, so it's not like that long ago, but also it's so long ago. But there was that whole scene with the like planets flying around them and stuff. And I thought that was really well done. Um, And then the sphere looks really cool. There's other things that don't look as cool, but the sphere looked pretty cool. (laughs) We will get to those things. (laughs) The same things. Oh, I look forward to it. (laughs) But the planets flying around them is actually a holographic model that they see on the computer when they realize that the ship had gone into a black hole. They don't realize it, actually. They describe that event to Ted. Ted decides it's a black hole that they went into and time-traveled. Harry Mm -hmm. says that's impossible. Time travel doesn't exist. He might just be saying that to fuck with Ted. (laughs) Probably. I want to say, though, because Ted says that it's a black hole and he starts to explain what a black hole is. And then Harry basically tells him, like, we know what a black hole is. And then um, Norman is like, well, I don't know what a black hole is. And I, you know, I want, I'd like an explanation. And I'm like, yeah, Harry, not all of us know what a fucking black hole is. Let him explain. Because <laughs> I was sitting there like, can I get some details on a black hole? Like, I know kind of what a black hole is, but I could use a little more details. My problem there is I couldn't tell if he was humoring Ted or if he actually didn't know because it sounded a little bit condescending. Yeah, he might. I don't know. In my head, he didn't know. But then also I wanted more information. So I didn't care if he knew or not. It might have also been condescending. It's hard to tell. Yeah, I don't know if it was deliberate or if it was just like the actor saying it that way. But it sounded like, oh, you can tell me about the black hole, buddy. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Um, they find out that there's a a storm (laughs) coming and that they are going to be pulled back to surface. Everybody's excited (laughs) about that, but Ted and Mm -hmm. Harry yells, what part of pull out don't you understand, Ted? And (laughs) that's one of those moments. And then they start pulling out like 50 more times after that. And it was hilarious each time. And I'm pretty sure I watched this with my boyfriend. I'm pretty sure I annoyed the shit out of him by yelling. That's what she said so many times. Yeah. Uh, Uh, yeah. That entire idea Mm -hmm. is we're the welcome wagon for the aliens. There's no aliens. It was all made in America. Oh, God. So they're all completely ready to get the fuck out. And I'm with Ted. It's like, seriously, like, you, there's so much to explore. You don't want to see, like, what we can find, what there is. And they're just like, nope, we're done. Let's go. And I was and with Ted on it. I understand Ted's point of view. Ted is very excited to make this discovery in mm-hmm. his field. But it's also this... What if the others really have to gain out of it? Like, Harry's a mathematician. Mm-hmm. Norman's a psychologist. There's nothing to psychoanalyze. There's very <laughs> little math. Yeah. Uh, Beth might want to stay for marine biology, but other than that, it's just like, oh, yeah, please. I would love to be underground during a tornado <laughs> where I could easily drown. Uh, that yeah. sounds awesome. Especially because at first they said they, they anticipated only being down there for about two hours. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get them. I mean, I personally wouldn't want to be there anyway. Like current me, I wouldn't want to. But if I was like them, I might have wanted to stay. I I probably would have been on Ted's side. 
I was really pissed off, by the way, by the time travel shit. I know that you knew I would be. And I literally, my note was literally, I'm sorry, wait, there's time travel in this movie? Fuck. Like, no, (laughs) I can't with that shit. But Harry's explanation of, like, why he thinks or why they aren't going to make it out alive actually wasn't hard to follow. I got it. I mean, obviously, it didn't make a whole lot of sense because we're still in this part of the movie and not the future part of the movie. Um, But like, I I had a moment where I was like, ew, time travel, no. And then I had a moment where I was like, oh, shit, this is getting interesting. (laughs) Well, it actually made perfect sense to me because his entire theory is if they made it back to the surface and told everyone all about time travel and black holes and how they work, Mm -hmm. then why wouldn't the craft know what the entry event was? Because, I mean, in current time, it happened in the future and in the past and not in the present yet. But if they told them it's a black hole, then theoretically, (laughs) when the spaceship takes off in 50 years, 60 years, they Mm -hmm. would know. And if they don't know, it means we never told anyone. And if we never told anyone, it means we never made it back. Yeah. I enjoy how calmly he says that. Yeah. And (laughs) that scene is hilarious, though. Not only is Samuel L. Jackson way too calm about it, especially (laughs) because they're having a really perky talk about how you know samuel jackson's naked and there's <laughs> wacky generic ass suspense music in the background which i feel like i can play about the entire rest of the movie because every time there's a suspenseful moment it's the worst suspense <laughs> yeah but harry tells him that the sphere is conscious and norman tries to convince him he's just upset that ted figured it out before him <laughs> Harry was another that's what she said but he says good shrinkage <laughs> yep <laughs> then town and very serious says we're all gonna die here <laughs> like Aww. the fucking creepy little girls from <laughs> the movies you know yep any any creepy child in any creepy movie yep <laughs> yeah it i it's hard to tell honestly i, I couldn't tell it was like it can't it can't be bad acting because these are good actors but then there was so much of it and i was like is this a choice did they decide they wanted to make this a shitty movie i don't get it it's not even necessarily campy it's just bad mm-hmm. yep <laughs> um, when norman wakes up there is an alarm blaring because harry is snuck out of the habitat <laughs> to go to the sphere alone which is he wanted to go inside yeah okay so two things i have to say because we've already seen this happen and we're gonna see it more um two things that frustrated me so much because number one the splitting up thing they do that so fucking much in this movie and every time i'm like maybe this isn't a good idea no you're gonna just go on your own or you're gonna pair up as two people and go as your fine sure yeah that's you're all gonna die um but the other thing is they have these like i was gonna call them walkie talkies um whatever you know, the way they communicate with each other. They have these devices and they use it so rarely. There's always Captain Barnes yelling at them over and over annoyingly, by the way. I was just so frustrated of him constantly yelling and nobody responding. It wasn't even his fault. I was just annoyed of his voice yelling, you know? And they never respond. And I couldn't tell them, can they not hear him? And then like a few seconds later, they would talk to him and respond to him. I'm like, 
for fuck's sake, he has been yelling for like two minutes. Come on. And it was so frustrating because the communication was not there. And then they kept splitting up. And I was like, literally, you're all you are all going to die, aren't you? (laughs) It actually made sense for Harry, though, if he thought that they were going to die down there and there was no chance they made it back, you might as well just go in. That's true. Yeah. Oh, stop saying go in. Stop saying go inside. That's what she said. Uh-huh. I think that the sphere doesn't even open because there is no way for it to open. But Harry mm-hmm. manages to get inside anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, the absolute worst graphic in the world happened <laughs> because the sphere finally reflects him, which is yes. him going into the sphere. But the him that it reflects is absolutely completely evil and perverse and so then, evil yeah. yeah and then harry has that same look on his face after mm. which is not the harry look that we have come to know mm-hmm. um norman is so freaked out about this because barn says they can't go to the surface without harry so uh-huh. he breaks out too and goes to retrieve him uh-huh. at which point Harry just kind of appears at Norman's feet unconscious. <laughs> yep. Made sense, right? <laughs> totally. Huh? And then the sphere reflects Norman too, except it's sociopath Norman. Yep. And then the lights go out, right? Yes. The okay. uh, mm-hmm. The surface had been keeping them in power and then they had to leave because of the storm so they unhooked that power and then left them Mm. on generators so while the habitat was switching to generator power the power got cut and i'm pretty sure that is the exact moment i wrote the note i'm not sure i understand what's happening most of the time (laughs) (laughs) i was confused because the thing with both harry and norman with the sphere happened and i was like huh (laughs) what because I could, I wasn't sure if that meant that they went inside. I wasn't sure if that meant now, like, at least one of them was evil because they both looked fucking evil as shit. But then uh, Harry's reflection moved on the sphere, it went upward. Yeah. So, but Harry, and then Norman's didn't do that because the electricity cut out. So I was like, oh, maybe it got one of them and not the other one. But then or, I don't know. See it do that. Yeah. But I was very confused, and I think it was okay for me. I don't think it was like, I don't get it. I think it was supposed to be a a part of the movie where you're like, what just happened, you know? Yeah. We actually don't see what happens for quite a while, because we cut to later on, when they've already been brought back to the habitat. Norman Mm. is perfectly fine. Harry is still hella unconscious. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Ted comes into the room demanding to hear what he's said about (laughs) and Beth just gives him the bitchiest look in the world and motions (laughs) down to Harry who is unconscious. It's like, oh, well, Uh, you should say something about it. (laughs) Yeah, he still insists, like, are you sure you need to say anything? It's like, dude. (laughs) I was with uh, Beth in that moment. I was just like, really, Ted? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I get your excitement, but calm down. I think she might have actually been my second favorite because she had some great lines and some great faces. Yeah, I I would say, I don't know. I had I went back and forth a lot on all of these characters from loving to hating them, pretty much all of them. Um, yeah. I But I'd say probably Ted would be my second favorite one because he was an idiot at times when he was supposed to be a genius, you know, uh-huh. and he had some stupid lines and they were great. 
plus some other cool things that happen later, and we will get to them. We will. Uh, we find out that they have a mini sub that they store 12 hours of video on at a time. And they also have to go out every 12 hours, load the videos, and then click a reset button. Because mm-hmm. if they do not do that, we'll go to the surface without them. So there is at least a record of what may have happened to them. Yeah. Which is super subtle. Mm. Nice push. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alice- I wonder what's going to happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. She goes out to reset it, and since she's the only black non-main character, she dies <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Poor Queen Latifah. Okay, so a couple <laughs> of things. That was another one of those moments where I was like, please don't send people alone. Um, but also, the jellyfish thing was not only weird, but also, like, I was really frustrated by them just sitting there yelling at her to turn back. I don't know. I, I think this is just, it's like one of those things that happens in like scary movies where you're like, don't go into the house or don't go there or whatever. Right. That's what I felt like here. It's like, will you please stop yelling at her? Clearly she knows she can't just shut the fuck up. I was so tired of everyone yelling obvious things at each other. It might've actually been smarter for her to go back to the mini sub. Rather oh. than to come back to the habitat because she was probably closer to it. Yeah. That's but a good point. she doesn't because nope. There starts out being nothing in the water, and then there's one teeny jellyfish, and then there's a fucking a buttload of jellyfish <laughs> for ten minutes, and apparently they're pissed. They're very pissed, and they like one of them like headbutts her in her um, what's it called helmet? Uh huh. I think I think that's what that's why the water starts filling in, right? That's how like yep. it cracks it. Yep. And then we have to listen to her drown. Yeah, that's fun. Jellyfish on steroids. Um, stay away. Let's. Yeah. Let's all not go that deep underwater. I feel like that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to her drown was awful, but it was also a really powerful moment because uh it was it ended up being record like over the broadcast, the mm. entire habitat, where mm. everybody there was listening to her gurgle for breath and knowing that they couldn't do anything about it. Yep. Well, that was a thing, and then I was wondering why that other chick in the movie didn't um hear it because they have to tell her um to come down because they like something happened to alice and i was i didn't understand how she didn't hear it happen but oh movies. maybe she's part of it too maybe she didn't want to <laughs> she's like uh, i'm just gonna stay here and pretend nothing happened yeah <laughs> um immediately after the jellyfish attack and also immediately before it an aggressive series of numbers pops up onto the display screen in their habitat and Mm -hmm. we know it's aggressive because of these suspenseful background music (laughs) oh yeah it you know what it wasn't that bad it could have been a lot shittier it could have just been bum 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 i would have appreciated that I don't know. I didn't hate the music as bad, but I mean, it wasn't good, but I didn't hate it that much. Uh, Apparently the jellyfish all disperse because they go out and get Alice's corpse, Mm -hmm. which wouldn't a rotting corpse be absolutely awful because they are contained in a very small area. You would think so. Yeah. That just recycles air. Yep. So just the corpse like gases building up in their environment but 
I guess they want to know what happened. So Beth is tearing jellyfish samples off of the corpse while Norman tells her a story about how he fell out of a boat into jellyfish one time. (laughs) It's not, it's, it's almost as bad as Beth's. Did you know that there are poisonous things on you? Yeah. As far as like, why are you telling her this right now? (laughs) Well, Okay, I also kind of had a moment where I said it before Barnes did, but like they're under there and I get it. Like it's a stressful moment. They're trying to get the corpse and they're trying to get back alive and they're freaking out a little bit Um, because I think the jellyfish. No. Oh, the eggs start falling. Isn't that what it is? Actually a later corpse. Oh, is it? Shit, I mixed my corpses up. I thought I didn't write a note about it, but it must be later in my notes and it was fucked. Same to you, bitch. 100%, yes. Um, Then never mind. I will get to that later. Okay. But yeah, Um, they're peeling. Okay, the jellyfish looked weird, right? They did look weird. And according to Beth, very earnestly, I don't know what this is, but it isn't God's creation. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. <laughs> the religion comes up a couple of times in this movie that's the one time where i was just like oh yeah let's ask god what happened with the whole alien situation while we're at it since we're thinking about how jelly these jellyfish are not made by god totally <laughs> um, harry is feeling spry though he, yes, is, he is up singing in the shower he's singing <laughs> in the shower right uh-huh. after Alice has just died mm-hmm. and we're supposed to believe that Ted is creeping because he finds Harry suspicious because of this but yeah. he literally just creeps up and watches Harry shower for ways <laughs> long yep yep and I, I literally was just sitting there staring like that just happened yeah. okay cool I don't understand it but it happened get your kicks however you get them I guess um <laughs> No, no, don't spy on people in the shower without permission. Like, hey, I guess I wouldn't be spying. Anyway, but yes, he does. And I was very confused with how he seemed to be the only one at this point in the movie who found Harry's behavior to be odd. Well, we find later on that there are reasons that some of the others didn't. Mm-hmm. Um. Right now, Barnes is completely focused on Norman and Beth's situation. Yep. (laughs) Because he's worried that Beth is unstable and a suicide risk, which he really Uh, should have figured out earlier. uh, He calls her a nutbag, I believe is the term. Yeah, but this is actually the least nutbaggy she's been, like, the entire (laughs) trip. She has something to do. She Mm -hmm. is she's the only one who understands the biology and the corpses. Mm -hmm. So if we cut from a scene of her being almost completely reasonable Mm -hmm. and actually listening to the ex who took advantage of her, tell a story about how when he was a little boy, there was jellyfish, (laughs) not causing a fight. And then immediately having them call her mental clarity into question a scene. Yeah. Like um, also, we find out that her suicide attempt, she called him. So she was trying to kill herself over Norman, which, girl. <laughs> well, I'm you're pretty sure. You're successful. You're good an idiot and that is not the kind of guy you should be putting all of your eggs in okay so the issue okay somebody said it before too in the movie i don't remember who it was though 
but maybe Harry. Somebody said something along the lines of how she's young and beautiful. And like, really, Norman, though, you know? Uh And I hate, like, movies do this so often where it's like the Adam Sandler thing. Adam Sandler can be 100 years old and he's still going to get the 20-year-old in the movie, you know? And Mm -hmm. Adam Sandler, I love Adam Sandler. I think he's funny and he's, like, I like his movies. I'm going to say that. I don't know shit all about him as a person. I'm sure he's a fine person. But he always gets the hot young thing in all of his movies. So it's the thing of when you're a woman, as soon as you hit, like, 30, 35, you can only play the mom and then as you get older, the grandma. However, when you're a man, when you're 50, you're still banging the 19-year-old, you know? Like, it makes zero fucking sense. In this movie, it makes perfect sense because they said that she was so mentally unstable, she needed a psychologist, and he Mm -hmm. completely took advantage of her. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not like it was like, I really love him for his personality. It was like (laughs) she was a broken woman and he used a position of power to break her more. Yeah. Um, That's also fucked. Really fucked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Harry wanted to leave before, and now he's super excited and perky. He's excited about the food, because the eggs are good, and the bread, the toast is good, but the bacon is amazing. I think it was bacon. Whatever it was. Uh, He loves the food, and you know what? I watched this real late at night, I'm like, fuck, I want breakfast now. (laughs) As he's talking about the eggs and how great they are, Beth has a notebook and she has pictures and she's just <laughs> writing egg sphere, egg sphere in her notebook <laughs> with pictures of eggs and spheres. And I don't know what she thinks she's doing, but it ain't <laughs> she's not mentally well. Remember? <laughs> yeah. They inform Harry that Alice died the night before via a jellyfish attack when he asks why she isn't the one cooking for him. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. But- immediately gets over it because he sees some onion rings. <laughs> he finds out they're calamari when he has already taken a bite and the taste doesn't do it, but the word calamari immediately makes him choke very suspiciously. Yep. To the point of needing the Heimlich. <sighs> and when he spits it out, he immediately, like very emotionally, very cheesily says, I hate squid. Yep. I, uh, okay, so here's my thought and at this point in the movie. I thought that the jellyfish or squid type creatures were the aliens in this movie. And that when he got into the sphere, he like became part of that whole thing. Like he was part of the squid world now. Yeah. And so he was like, like, he felt like he was part squid kind of a thing. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But, like, or that they the squids were, like, a god to him now, you know? It would have made more sense. Yep. Because what happens later is fun. Go ahead. After you just listened to a woman get murdered by jellyfish, do you really want to eat squid? That's a good point. No, it's I don't. But I wouldn't, but I wouldn't react like that, though. <laughs> he didn't listen or watch though i'm just mm. saying why are all these people like yeah let's have some cal- <laughs> that's a good point it's too similar no <laughs> huh. um, was he okay was norman testing him though no right he literally was just like i made calamari here you go it's really hard to tell but how okay. would that be testing him 
I don't know. That was what I thought was happening, but then everything got lost again. And I was like, no, why? Calamari isn't made out of jellyfish. That's a good point. So close enough. Okay, close. They couldn't risk the actual jellyfish because those are probably going to kill him. <laughs> well, they already killed one. <laughs> Goody. <laughs> Ted is sitting at the computer when the ominous numbers come back. Uh, mm-hmm. He can't figure them out, but Harry walks into the room and within about 12 seconds immediately figures it out. Yep. The numbers are a mm-hmm. message, and the message is. Hello, how are you? I am fine. What's your name? My name is Jerry. And that leads to my very favorite quote. Oh, good. Oh, I know what it's going to be, but go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Barnes insists that they have to ask for the alien's name. Mm -hmm. And... He says, I want a full name for my report. I'm not putting in my report that I lost a crew member on a deep set expedition to find an alien named Jerry. <laughs> yep. He wants a fucking last name. Give him a last name. <laughs> I love that. Uh, um, the second you said that that's where your quote was, I was like, of course, I should have known that. Okay, I have two things to say about this whole part, though. Okay. One, I actually thought the communication method was really cool with the spherical keyboard with the like numbers or and um the letters and numbers exchanged. I um, liked that. I I don't know much sci-fi, so that I thought that was pretty clever. Jerry, fucking Jerry though. Yeah. I okay. All right, sure. Yeah, alien named Jerry. Why the fuck not? I like later it makes sense. At this point oh. in the movie, I was just shaking my head like, fucking Jerry. <laughs> we'll get to Jerry. Uh, Barnes is as angry as you are about it. Uh, <laughs> it's that Harry must have messed up the translation because this alien sounds like an idiot. And uh-huh. Matt's response is, that's something to consider. A stupid alien. They must have them. <laughs> okay, I have to, I, I don't know what the YouTube is called, but I, like, maybe two days before watching the movie um one of my boyfriend's friends does like little skits on youtube and they literally had just done a skit where they were idiot aliens and i thought it was the timing of it was ridiculously good because they were like they were like the stupid aliens you know and they were excited to be making contact with humans and they were like oh my gosh you must come here we have like a like uh what do you call it like a traveling thing when you can get in and you can come and we can party look at our cool dance moves and blah 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 and they're just like it was just great timing it was so good i'll have to send that to you later so you can see what i'm talking about (laughs) it sounds special yep Um, both ted and harry are very much on jerry's side though Mm -hmm. against all of these attacks harry insists that jerry is just trying to be very clear and direct kind of the way you talk to a small child or a dog Uh uh-huh Lovely. Yeah. Uh, Norman is worried because Jerry is expressing emotions and Harry very threateningly responds, well, don't you want Jerry to be happy, Norman? (laughs) And Norman's response with a dramatic and face shots, what happens if Jerry gets mad? (laughs) 
I mean, it's an important thing to consider. It's so cheesy. It's so bad. See, this is what I'm talking about. It felt like it was an 80s movie. And then the cheesy acting makes sense. But no, no it's almost 2000. And here we are. Um, I There was a point where Ted is like trying to ask like or say he says something i think to harry like we should tell him that we're excited to like be talking to him too basically because that's what jerry writes to them about how he's so happy that they've made this contact and blah 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 and ted's like yeah i think we should say something nice back you know like it's a fucking alien you know and they don't do it and i'm like can someone please listen to ted please take one second and stop being a douche to him like what what happens when jerry gets mad well maybe stop being an asshole to jerry and he won't get mad and you'll never have to fucking find out (laughs) but they ignore him they do and the problem is this entire team was supposedly brought here to interact with an alien and Mm. yet the only person that they actually listen to when interacting with the alien is harry and maybe mm-hmm. Norman a little. Beth just sits there completely dead ass silent for most of it. And yep. Ted gets ignored at every turn. Yep. Um, <laughs> Makes sense. They wind up telling Jerry that he is overwhelming to them and that they need to talk by themselves. Yeah, smart move. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, sure, that'll go well. Yeah. <laughs> But they end up hearing a knocking at the side of their habitat, and they end up saying, "Well, Jane, no, her not, her name's not Jane in this. <laughs> Jane in the book. They changed- what? They changed her name? Yeah. Why? Jane is um, a perfectly fine name. Why not go with Jane? Weird. I don't okay. know. Okay." But- her name is Tina in this. Tina mm-hmm. goes out is outside, and they say she's been out there for too long. You should yeah, because you fuck. Why would you send? See, this is this is what pissed me off. They just continuously just sent some random person out by his or herself. It's like, can we stop already? I assume that they thought they were watching her until all the displays got taken over by Jerry. Well, watching her might not be enough, though. Like, you would think after the shit that's been going on already at this point in the movie, like, just send it's not that hard one other person should go with her the rest of you stay here and keep an eye on them two people go out at a time that's all i'm asking for you know because then yeah, you could help each other. Fish couldn't have possibly taken <laughs> uh, who knows two are better than one okay i guess not because then two people would have been dead but you know what we're getting there <laughs> you know what two people do go out beth and norman are sent to go check on <laughs> tina yeah, they never go anywhere without each other, so. No, of course not. Mm-hmm. Um, Barnes asks them to hit their communicator buttons so that he knows that they can hear him, and they don't. Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. Instead, they have a conversation with each other that is so natural. Beth says, you told him I took 20 Nebutrol and tried to kill myself. Does <laughs> that? Nope. Um, they wind up getting up to tina though and she's real dead like not newly dead super dead. yeah yeah and this is the part that i was mixing queen latifah's death with with okay i shouldn't say queen latifah's death um alice's death with sorry i wrote her down as queen latifah because i was so excited to see her in the movie because i didn't know she was in the movie and i love her um so it was exciting for me so i just kept writing her name but yes alice's death is what i mixed or i mixed it up with this because Beth freaks out 
hard when he she sees this corpse for some reason. Well, and I know that it's like real dead. Okay. She freaks out when she sees this corpse because unlike the previous one, every mm-hmm. bone in this woman's body has been crushed. Yeah. And she's imagining what creature could have done that. And I get that, but I still thought it was a lot considering everything else that she's done and she has been really calm and cool about. Because yeah. there was the thing at the beginning, there was taking the jellyfish off of Alice's face and like totally like this is just what I'm going to be doing right now. Everything was fine. And then here, like, I would expect her to maybe scream, but not like, she like uh, almost can't continue on because she's just freaking out so hard for a second there. And I'm just like, dude, that didn't make any sense. That was a real dramatic response. True. Sure. <laughs> Um, they start pulling the body back, and then it begins raining eggs like fucking look who's talking. (laughs) Yep. And (sighs) Barn starts yelling to them that this entity, whatever it is, is catching up to them. Mm -hmm. And they won't drop Tina's body. And it's like, I understand that this is like a sentimental human thing. But Mm -hmm. if you're told that something that has a captain of the Navy afraid... Mm-hmm. is 20 yards from you and she's already dead she's not like she didn't break her ankle she's dead yeah there's no saving her <laughs> yeah let her go leave the body grab an egg go back because don't they don't grab an egg, grab an egg. i i was with barnes on this like uh, why didn't they bring one back uh, because they needed to survive. I <laughs> if I'm running from something and it's 20 yards away from me, you're not getting an egg or a corpse. I'm the only corpse you're getting. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, my thing was, is like, they were everywhere. Literally all, if they just let go of the body, it wouldn't be like they had to go out of their way to get an egg. Just catch one and go, <laughs> you know? I'm but. I, that was my, like, it was one of those moments where I'm like, you guys are supposed to be trying to figure out things and just running away right now while still carrying a corpse isn't helping. You know, the corpse was less important than an egg. Let me put it that way. I think it was more important to grab an egg than do that. It was. But once they get back into the habitat, mm-hmm. the entity just blips out of existence. It's gone. Yep. With no explanation, and that's fine. No problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They find out after that that Jerry can hear them when they speak. Yep. And Barnes' response is, well, that's great. And Jerry, (laughs) through the computer, earnestly responds, I am happy. I love that. If I could pick Jerry to be my favorite character, I would have. I didn't think I could. And we'll get to why later. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It was very fun. Norman is a very bad psychologist, by the way. I mean, for various reasons, but especially when talking to Jerry. Because he's not good at calming Jerry. All he does is piss Jerry off. Honestly. And it's like, shut up. Just just let Ted talk to him. Yes, that's exactly what I wrote down. Do you want to know what you don't ever need to do? Stop talking to Jerry. Just let Ted sit there the entire time. I'm happy to be talking to you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, maybe just you don't all have to be in the room together in this. Like, fuck, you guys split up all the time here. You can't think to split up and leave one person to talk to Jerry while the rest of you guys go figure shit out. Come on. 
I shouldn't be smarter than these people. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) But they tell Jerry that they want some time alone without him listening. And by them, I mean Norman. Mm-hmm. Yep. Says, oh, we want some, we need some time alone to discuss among ourselves without you listening. Because when somebody tells you, I want to say something, cover your ears. They're <laughs> totally not talking bad about you. No, not at all. Obviously not. Yeah. Um, Don't tell the little kids that. It still works on them, I think. <laughs> obviously Jerry says he doesn't want to do that at all and they insist so he sends a manifestation Mm -hmm. to their ship Mm -hmm. um it is a giant squid Ted says there's no such animal and Beth responds well that may be but that doesn't mean it isn't here and it's like thank you Beth stop (laughs) typical morons I don't care if it can exist it's here Yeah, it doesn't, that part of it doesn't matter, clearly. Look at where you are, look at what you're experiencing. Yeah, if something is physically happening to you, the, it's not empirically possible. It reminds me of freaking Dean from Supernatural in that episode (laughs) where it's like, no, no, Krampus can't possibly exist. And it's like, your show is called Supernatural, baby. (laughs) Yeah, where have you been all these years? Um, Yeah, I agree. It was really stupid for him to insist that, but it also made sense for Ted. Like, that's who Ted is. I feel like that's what he does is just like, this is a fact. And this this thing that's happening doesn't make sense for what the facts say. So it can't be real. And it's like, yeah, great. But you're, you're hearing it. You're seeing it, right? <laughs> so, but that's not enough to him, I guess. No. Nope. Uh, Jerry, in the form of a giant squid, attacks their shelter. And I loved the attack, both because of the infighting and mm-hmm. because we find out that Jerry didn't actually kill anyone. Um, Barnes mm-hmm. ends up sending Ted to go increase the pressure because there is some structural damage. Mm-hmm. He gets hit pretty hard on the head. And I'm like, oh, well, Ted's gone. But mm-hmm. he survives because fuck yeah, Ted. Because Ted's a fucking badass starting from this point in the movie. I had to use my uh-huh. word for him because he earns it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he was a bad bitch. Um, (laughs) Yeah. They send Norman and Beth after Ted gets knocked out because he pulled the lever too far. So Mm -hmm. they close it. Barnes is yelling for Norman to pull the green lever to activate a a shield around their habitat. But Mm -hmm. Beth reminds Norman that they can't because Barnes said earlier that it would start a fire and... Mm you don't want to fucking start a fire um barnes starts yelling to norman that she is crazy don't listen to her listens to me mm-hmm. and then norman does which is the wrong decision because as we've seen up until this point beth has been right about absolutely everything that she has said <laughs> Well, my issue, I had a couple of issues with that. First of all, Barnes sends Ted in and says, I'll tell you why you're going there. Like, just go. That I agreed with. Like, there's no time for you to stop here and wait for an explanation. Go and I'll tell you what you're doing when you get there. However, he says to turn the lever and he doesn't say, but don't go too far until he's already gone too far. Yeah. You'd think that was an important thing to mention, first of all. Second of all, I didn't. Even though Beth was right, I didn't like that Harry stood there questioning whether the captain was right about this thing that he seemed to know about or if Beth was. 
Norman. Now, fuck you, names. <laughs> okay, well, I, I'll say something about Harry then. Okay. He was asleep. <laughs> he was asleep. He slept through all of it, including the alarms and the screaming and the shaking. You're yes. lucky you didn't read the book, by the way. There was a Tina, a Teeny, a Harold, oh, a Harry, no, and no. a middle name Harrison. No, fuck this shit. I can't even, like, their names are not even similar. Harry, Norman, totally different. But for some reason, he looks like a Harry to me, I guess. Because I just cannot stop calling him that. But yes, sorry, I meant Norman. Norman is standing there for so long, thinking about whether he should believe what Beth is saying or what the captain is saying. And yes, you're right. Beth is right. However, I didn't understand why he was even questioning it. Because this seemed to be something that 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 Barnes knew you know what I mean like that he knew more about than Beth even though he ended up being wrong about like everything I, I almost chose Barnes as my least favorite character but at least he was funny sometimes <laughs> the thing is Barnes had told them earlier that it would set something on fire if mm. that, and it did yeah it did yeah um Ted tries to go and wake Harry, and Harry's sleep in this is particularly weird. His eyes are very twitchy and very good. Mm -hmm. He can't wake Harry in spite of everything that's going on. And Mm -hmm. there is a very bad fire happening because of the lever that Barnes insisted Norman had to pull. Mm -hmm. And what I found most interesting about this the squid jerry did not actually get anywhere near them no it was all their freak out and their fuck-ups yeah um ted died in the fire oh that was Uh, something fell on him and norman could have helped him and yet watched him scream and die yep even though it would have probably not hurt norman at all to help Nope, he just freaked out. I already disliked Norman at this point. Maybe that's why I keep saying his name wrong. No, Um, (laughs) I really, really disliked him. And that moment, plus something that comes up later as well, made me go, okay, you're the worst character in this entire fucking movie. I fucking hate you. The worst. The worst, yeah. Um, That was so hard for me to watch. Not even because I was like so connected to Ted or anything like that, but because boy was a badass for real because uh-huh. something fell on his back and he's still trying to protect Norman. He's still trying to help Norman out. And he like, basically his last words are for Norman to like run, basically like to get out. And I was, that was hard for me. I was just like, oh my God, like, fuck. As you, he knew he was dead. He knew it was over for him. And he was still trying. And the fact that Norman sat there and watched it happen and did nothing. Oh, I wanted to punch him. Book Ted is not that good. Like, Hmm. he's not very smart. And he's also wildly naive. Book Uh Ted is not running through the halls with two fire extinguishers taking shit down. (laughs) I prefer movie Ted already. (laughs) Um, And a Barnes got cut in half by an automatic door lock that only was engaged because of the fire that he caused. Yep. And that, the crunching was hard. It was. I wasn't, it wasn't as hard for me to watch him die though, because I didn't care much about him (laughs) for some reason. Um, it was hard 
like I didn't want him to die specifically but I was also like you kind of caused all this dude you kind of fucked up majorly multiple times in the span of like five minutes in this movie so cool well done (laughs) but where was Beth by the way in that whole thing of how did they get split up I don't I don't remember I believe that she was putting out fires in the room with the computers. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, speaking of the computers, mm-hmm. the screen flashes, I will kill you all, which was yep. Jerry for me. Yeah. Like, in the book, Jerry is kind of made to be, like, naive. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't understand the concept of death at all. And he thinks his manifestations are him just kind of, like, playing with our humans. Which we even see later, where he's like, where's Ted? Bring back Ted. I want Ted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I will that, kill you all ruins that. Well, especially because he didn't even do anything to kill them. Like you said. So. Yeah, but it's just like, after that, though, in one of the next scenes, Jerry says, bring back the entity Ted, but if killing them was his wish, then what do you mean bring back the entity Ted? In the book, his entire thing was, but we play, and now Ted comes back because we played. Yeah. Yeah, I think he calls him humorous. (laughs) Yes. And I agreed so hard on what that, what he said, because I was like, yes, please bring Ted back, because I don't know if I care about what happens in the rest of the movie now that he's gone. And he wasn't even my favorite character. Uh-huh. And I'm kidding. I did care. At this point, I was like, what the fuck is going on, though? <laughs> yeah. Well, after uh, Ted dies, the fire basically immediately rescinds. Mm-hmm. And there is no more squid and everything's fine. And then we cut to the next day where Harry is sitting in a room, calmly listening to classical music, reading <laughs> 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, while the building leaks and most of the others are dead. <laughs> yep, it's fine. It's Everything's fine. He slept through it anyway, so. Yeah. He, um, that book, I know it comes back later and we'll talk about it, but I hadn't heard of it I don't think before now if I had it wasn't something that like meant anything to me so it didn't sound familiar um I want to read it now and I don't know if I'd like it probably not (laughs) it's relatively famous you might like it I would guess you probably won't yeah I I don't know if that helps but I will look into it (laughs) Uh, this is the point though where Beth and Norman start to really distrust harry Mm -hmm. based on him sleeping through it and his general calmness about the entire situation yep and the two of them in the book did not have a romantic relationship but i kind of appreciate that they did in the movie because with all the other changes that they made to all of the characters and the overall story I feel mm-hmm. like them being ex-lovers really so is the distrust that you need at this part of the movie. Hmm. Well, this is the part of the movie where I started to get confused by Norman. Because I 100% was in agreement with him. Something's fucked with Harry. We've known this for a while. I feel like Norman just started to figure it out. But we've known it for a bit, right? Something's yeah. wrong. Um. And he finally is like, yeah, no, I don't trust him. And um, I don't want him to go out there because I don't trust him. Something's wrong with him. And he says that to Beth. And so they're in agreement about this. And then later, 
his reactions to shit, which we'll talk about in a minute, but, like, I just want to say, like, none of that shit made sense, and it made me hate Norman even more. Oh, well, I can't wait to see if I can help you figure it out. Yeah, because it just felt really weird to me, but we'll get there. So, yeah, that happens. <laughs> because uh, one of them has to go reset the mini-sub, because mm-hmm. it might be their only way of escape mm-hmm. if things go pear-shaped again. Yep. And Harry volunteers to go, but Norman says, fuck that. Don't trust him. <laughs> yep. um, so he goes. And when we cut back to it, mm-hmm. Beth has said that she's going to watch his back on the monitors. Mm-hmm. But when we get back to it, Beth is not there, and Harry is watching Norman hella suspiciously. Yep. <laughs> and Norman is freaking out because he says he can't breathe and there's bubbles coming out of his air hose and Mm -hmm. harry's just staring at him dead calmly and we're like oh god is he watching him die yeah i thought it's harry no you're fine honey fine (laughs) it took so long for him to speak i legitimately thought he fucked with the suit and he's just gonna watch him die now and i was like oh shit (laughs) um but I also knew norman couldn't die because he's kind of like the main main character i felt like you know so I, it was a very strange scene and this is where things started to get real confusing because yeah I didn't trust I think they did a good job with building up a little bit of distrust for us of Beth because you can't tell what's going on at this point and you there there was a moment where I was like oh my god she is crazy and I'll talk about it in more specifics in a second but and then there was also the mistrust or the distrust of Harry and so I was like really 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 struggling trying to figure out which one of these two is gonna end up being the evil because it had to be one of them (laughs) well norman winds up having a panic attack about his suit and harry guides him back Mm -hmm. and as norman is climbing up the ladder into the airlock he is attacked by a snake that's pretending to be one of the ladder rungs for some reason (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, the snake looks real shitty um, yep. It was designed by the DJ from Lincoln Park, and it looks exactly the way you'd imagine a <laughs> snake designed by a DJ would look. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it was a very strange looking thing. <laughs> um, When he gets back, he is obviously all the way back on Harry's side because he was in a very scary situation and he thought he could trust Beth and she let him down in his mind. And Harry yeah. saved him in his mind. That's what I'm talking about. I hated him so much because I'm like, two seconds ago, you told Beth you don't trust Harry, which made sense because a lot of weird shit is happening. Now, because she wasn't sitting there staring at the screen, you're like, oh my God, you let me down completely. It's like, first of all, you've been a dickhole to her for a longer time than this. So even if she did fuck up in this moment, you can learn to forgive her for it, you know? Yeah, it's um, a stress response to fear, though. He thought he was going to die, and she was supposed to have had his back, and she didn't. Yeah, I really didn't understand his immediate, this is what I was talking about, like, his immediate, like, I'm on Harry's side, clearly you're the one who fucked up, because she says that she went out to get them food, because they needed food. There was nothing left, right? In the fridge and okay. in the cupboards. First. Right? Mm-hmm. She is in the uh, spacecraft, mm-hmm. and he 
pulls oh, up the right. intercom and says, Beth, and her response is, Norman, I can't hear you. <laughs> and was and then Harry I, yes Harry says well why she respond to you if she can't hear you <laughs> which immediately is super suspicious uh-huh <laughs> yeah he was constantly just like everything Beth would say he was just like yeah no what that yeah. doesn't make any sense <laughs> and the thing is my favorite part of any Michael Crichton book is the infighting. And I feel like at this point, these three have enough mutual distrust to really make it work. Mm -hmm. And I feel like at this time in the story, we don't even know exactly what's happening. Like we don't know if Beth actually asked Harry to cover for her or if she just left Norman. Yeah. Like we don't know because in the next scene she insists there's no food in the cupboards and Harry insists there is and she's crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was saying like, okay, she had a very evil look for a second when she got back. So that already was like, I don't fucking trust you. Maybe you are crazy, you know? Um, it wasn't even, are you crazy? It was, did you go in the sphere? Because the yeah. reason that he didn't trust Harry is because Harry went in the sphere, and then when he it was when she's supposed to be watching him, all of a sudden she's in the spacecraft and says, "No, of course I didn't go in the sphere. I was just looking for three hundred year old food." <laughs> yeah, well, and then it brought up the important thing of how you know Harry was had also nope Norman fucking fuck Norman had also gone in the sphere. Yeah, and that was confusing too because I was like, "Why is he? Why does he keep bringing that up?" But you've also been in the sphere. Doesn't remember. He didn't remember. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I I was really really struggling trusting either or any of them really. Um, but I was really pissed at Norman for so easily taking, um, Harry's side against hers. However, when they start pulling open the cabinets, I was like, now I understand if Norman took Harry's side. At that point, I would get it. But before that, I get it that it's like a stress reaction thing, whatever you said. (laughs) But I was real pissed at him for it. Um, But yeah, that moment was just like, oh, fuck, what did, like, Harry did this. Clearly, Harry's fucking with her. But I just kept going back and forth between which one of them I trusted less. Well, the thing is, we find out that she went back over there to get in the sphere. Yeah. So it's hard to find out because they can manifest anything they would like at this point. Anyone mm-hmm. who's been in can. What they would like or what they're afraid of. Right. Whatever crosses their mind. Yep. So it's hard to tell if the food was there before or if mm-hmm. it wasn't. Yeah. This is when I started to really, really get into the movie, I'll be honest. This is when I was just like, holy shit. Because, like, everything that's happening is happening in their, because of their own minds, basically. And that was a (laughs) mindfuck. And at this point, he chooses that he is going to believe Harry, and Beth leaves after getting very teary over it like we were supposed to be in this together and you don't trust me Mm -hmm. but then norman finds a book on the floor and it's twenty thousand leagues under the sea he goes to hand it to harry but harry's already reading one yep and then that crappy suspense music (laughs) opening cabinets and instead of food it's just 
thousands of copies of 20,000 <laughs> that literally start attacking him, falling off the shelves, hitting him. Well, I, I, and I know this is probably just because I'm watching it and I'm not in the situation, obviously. Um, but I thought that they should have, or at least Norman should have realized that it was a weird thing that Harry was reading this book anyway, this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, because it didn't feel like the time where you would be sitting there reading, especially a fictional book that's not going to help you in any way, right? Um, but he didn't find it weird. I found it weird. I found it extremely weird, especially because, I don't know, I think it, it might be here that he says it. Or no. He had already, uh, Harry had already told Nor- uh, Norman earlier in the movie that he couldn't read or he never got through the whole book because he would get stuck at like page 87 because it always scared the shit out of him. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is not weird to you that, okay, so it's a book that scared him. He was never able to finish. And now he has decided to go back to it. You think this is normal, Norman? Why did you not realize that this was a weird thing? Why didn't you look into the book already? We later find that every copy of the book stops at page 87 and the entire rest of it is just blank pages. Uh While all these books are falling out of the shelves, Harry is sitting there reading his book, does not even look up. Yeah. Yep. Like you can't even hear it or see it or like they're not even in the same room. (laughs) Uh, This is the part of the movie that frustrates me most as far as the book translating into the movie, though. Oh, okay. Uh, Norman is starting to question what he's been told and Jerry has been coming up on the screen saying stop calling me Jerry Mm -hmm. but he won't say what he wants to be called so Norman pulls out the decoder and starts hand translating Mm -hmm. to find out what the message said Mm -hmm. in the book Harry translates the first few messages by hand before eventually teaching Jerry to speak English. So in the message in the book where the computer introduces itself as Jerry, all Harry Mm -hmm. has done is deliberately mistranslate those two letters by hand, which Norman finds out similarly to how he does in the movie. He goes over the code himself later. Okay. In the movie... Oh yeah, there is an automatic him. cipher that is put yeah. to the computer. So either yeah. the computer would have said Harry right away, or it would have changed all the H's and uh, uh, H's J. to J's and A's to E. Yeah. So the first yeah. message would have read Cello, Cello. <laughs> I am fine. Wajet is your name. My name <laughs> is Jerry. <laughs> that that was fun. It should have done that. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't catch that, but yeah, it didn't make any sense for the computer to have fucked that up like that. Yeah, the computer would have done it one of those two ways because it wasn't being done by hand. It trans- yeah. it didn't translate from book to movie. They should have mm. done something else. It didn't make any sense. No, they really should have. But I really was frustrated even, like, I continually, like, it, no wonder he's my least favorite character because Norman... Jerry says don't call me Jerry and I know that he says what would you like me to call you instead and Jerry doesn't respond however that you don't have to keep yelling Jerry 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 like you're pissing him off (laughs) like he doesn't want to be called Jerry clearly that's not his name maybe that's why he's not answering you because you keep saying Jerry what would you like me to call you Jerry what would you like (laughs) me to call you instead of Jerry 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 (laughs) it's like no leave Jerry out of it now that's not his name Mm -hmm. (laughs) um (laughs) Beth is 
sick to death of this apparently because she surrounds the uh entire ship with explosives uh why not quite sure i know (laughs) she did it in the book um but i guess she did it in the movie because her ex-boyfriend is a (laughs) dickbag so she is crazy in the end yeah (laughs) um Norman ends up going back to her though because he is the most flighty flip floppy bitch in the world. Yep. To convince her that Harry is the bad guy. And <laughs> one of his wonderful uh points is what does Harry hate? Squid. Because they were mm-hmm. squid. And it's like he doesn't like to eat squid. That doesn't mean he's creating a squid monster. <laughs> But apparently he is, isn't he? Apparently. And they have this <laughs> yeah. entire conversation about how he's infected by the sphere and he's super untrustworthy. And the camera mm-hmm. keeps panning around. It keeps going upstairs and through the metal grate to a different area. And I thought they were implying that the conversation, because you could hear them talk no matter where the camera shot. I, yeah. I thought they were implying that Harry was going to overhear them, but nope. Me too. Yeah, I thought, because I even said, I'm like, yeah, why are they being so stupid? Like, if you think that he's been infected, maybe don't stand around talking, in in at least in normal volume, <laughs> about it, you know? Like, maybe exchange written information for a second. How about that? But then he's not even listening, so I was like, what the fuck was that point? Like, what, what were you doing there? Uh, there was none. <laughs> yeah, it was just fun to do that with the camera, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> um... They put together a tranquilizer Mm -hmm. and knock Harry out with absolutely no effort because the entire movie, he has just been asleep anyway. Mm -hmm. But they think they're fine now because Harry is knocked out and they're basically, there is rescue afoot. Well, okay. I have a question about that though, because at this point they realized, right, that when, oh no, never mind. I figured it out. No, okay. stupid. Because if he's if he's asleep, he dreams things and they happen. And I, originally, I was like, why would they be trying to put him to sleep? Where that's when bad things happen. But I realized that it's the kind of it's like a sleepless sleep, dreamless. basically. I mean, a dreamless sleep, yeah. Which I think I have every night. So yay me. <laughs> um, but they realize it's not quite over when Norman is attacked by snakes in the bathroom while brushing his teeth and they look totally as shitty as the last snake. <laughs> yep. Um, he is writhing on the ground in terror and Beth, like a stone cold bitch, just walks up and pulls <laughs> them off of him and insists yep. they're very poisonous, but they're nocturnal, so they're only poisonous <laughs> at night. That's not how snakes work. Like, <laughs> Normals are nocturnal too, but if you fed one a rat at noon, the bitch would eat it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't understand the nocturnal explanation, and I was like, okay, we're just gonna go with it at this point in the movie. It's been too long already. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she had to be a badass too, so I guess that's what this point was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, she tricks Norman into going into the lab, locks him in, and then over the PA system, tries mm-hmm. to convince him that he is also infected by the sphere and that he should inject himself with the same thing they injected Harry with. Yep. Uh, he refuses to believe it, even though he is seeing snakes and then not seeing snakes and then seeing snakes again. Yep. Um... Well, he's freaking out at that point. He's Now his hallucinations are just fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, um, he refuses to believe it, and she ends up 
essentially removing the oxygen from the room and letting it fill with water. Uh, mm-hmm. To avoid death, he opens the hatch into what is probably deathly cold water with a portable oxygen tank and no uh, underwater suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally survivable. Even though she says to him, uh, don't do that, you'll freeze to death. Yep. But he doesn't seem to have any problems at all, actually. No, he's fine. Uh, he does have a little tiny oxygen tank, and he drops it, though, when he gets out of yes, the hatch, and it falls. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know how oxygen tanks work underwater. I don't know. If yeah. You know I, I could have figured that out, yeah. Um, but, like, it was so stupid, that whole scene. I didn't understand. Okay, my first reaction was, Beth... When he had his back turned to you, you could have just stabbed him with it. Yes. And we could have saved this entire drama. So that was number one. And then number two, that he's just like, no, I refuse to believe you. And then just decides to go into the freezing cold water. And now apparently he's a superhero because he doesn't need oxygen or anything else to protect him underwater. He's fine. And it's like, okay. I don't know a lot about what happens underwater, but I'm pretty sure none of this is accurate. Nope. (laughs) in the meantime beth is absolutely cracking up and she's replaying every time that someone has questioned her or made her feel lesser than or crazy um Mm -hmm. she thinks she's killed norman and winds up rushing toward the room that uh she he had been in Mm -hmm. opens the door and all of the corpses that they've been collecting spill out onto her (laughs) Yeah, maybe that's why he shouldn't be collecting corpses, fucking idiots. <laughs> so she's like on the ground in the fetal position crying, and Norman, of course, comes back in. Mm-hmm. Totally fine. Totally fine. Not even really wet. Not upset. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. She looks up at him and says she can't tell if he's real or not. Mm-hmm. And then Harry wakes up and is surprisingly kind about the fact that both of his colleagues ganged up <laughs> on him and forcibly injected him with knockout shoes. But I guess now <laughs> was not the time to get snippy. Well, and also, what the fuck kind of knockout juice was that? It was supposed to be a tranquilizer that helped them until they got rescued. And he's up, like, 20 minutes later, maybe a half hour. I'm like, how did you think that was supposed to help you? That was clearly not enough time for you guys to get rescued. Well, to be fair, maybe they thought it was going to work a little better than it did. Yeah, I guess so. They didn't know their drugs as well as they seemed to. Mm-hmm. Well, By the way, I don't remember what the drug is called. There's some, like... Um, drug that people take when they're having panic attacks and stuff like that. It's a very commonly used one is all I know about it. And I wish I remembered what it was called. And I'm always surprised by how common it is and how many people that I know personally, not just in movies, because I hear about it in movies too, but that I know as a person who use it. And I've always thought it's very, very strange For people to just be like, you know, I'm having a really rough day today. I've got a lot of anxiety. I'm going to pop some pills that like relax me. Am I the only, am I crazy that that is a weird thing? (laughs) Because they were talking about these drugs here and I was like, I wish I could be weirded out by this, but at least you guys are like doctors of something in some way. You know what I mean? So it makes sense that you know about the drugs. I don't know. I used to have panic attacks every day and I would have loved to have a drug (laughs) 
Well, no, but I don't even mean panic attack. I think for panic attacks, totally cool. But like, I'm talking about like, oh, I have a really stressful day ahead of me. I'm going to pop this pill to keep me calm. I don't know. Maybe I just have a weird thing against drugs. I, it's very strange. But I always thought it was very strange how many people, because they weren't, they weren't having panic attacks. That's not what it was about. It was just like, oh, I have a presentation at work today, so I'm going to take a pill. It's just like, well, okay, maybe this isn't the job for you, though. <laughs> like, uh, maybe reconsider. <laughs> Beth really needed the pill, though. Beth needed them, yeah. Quite a time. Yep. Um, they all realize that they've all gone into the sphere, and it has fucked all of them up very badly. Mm-hmm. And they kind of make up and go, "Oh, you're my best friend. You're my best friend." <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, Beth says that she doesn't want to kill Norman, and then automatically, accidentally arms the bombs that she set up. <laughs> I swear, I don't want to kill you. Whoops. <laughs> um. They decide okay well if there's bombs and we have to get to the mini sub because apparently no one just thinks to unarm the bombs with their mind powers (laughs) no that's not how that works because then the movie would be over yep the movie is (laughs) almost over though because they get to that mini sub with no issues and while they're sitting in it they mentally Mm -hmm. think that they're in the spacecraft yep they're running around, except they're still just sitting there. Yeah, and it keeps cutting back to them sitting there as they think they're running around. And I think mm-hmm. that's interesting, and it's a good thought. But it mm-hmm. really brings my attention to how inconsistent these manifestations are throughout the whole movie. Like, mm. this one and the snakes that Norman created in the bathroom seem to be mm-hmm. complete and total illusions. And yet Norman's jellyfish and Harry's squid killed people. That's true. So, like, what? Can you manifest, or are you only manifesting illusions? That's a good point. I didn't even realize, or, like, think of that, but... Well, I also thought it was a strange thing that all three of them seemed to be having the same, like, thought in exactly at the same time. Because I didn't think that's how that could work. All three of them thought that they were back there, and it's just like, what (laughs) like how did that happen because everything else it was like one person's visions or whatever and everybody else is reacting to that here they were all have they had that same exact thought at the same exact time and so i thought it was weird but norman manages to manifest them back into the submarine and (laughs) they make it to the surface and the navy is there and they're safe Ish. Mm-hmm. Ish. <laughs> um, they are all together in a room, and they don't decide to talk in that room. Then they mm-hmm. move to an interrogation room after their depression, <laughs> and they decide that they're going to get their story straight there. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me they're not recording in that room? <laughs> yeah, I would Apparently be recording not. everything these people are doing since they get back. Because especially in the interrogation room of all places, they were expecting to get what seven people back, and they got three. Yep. Yeah, there's gonna be questions. You're gonna be definitely considering these people for some sort of murder in some 
way. You're not going to want them to be in a room together where you can't hear what they're saying. Yeah. Also, I thought people got interrogated separately anyway. Yeah. (laughs) But no, then that wouldn't work. Because then what Harry said at the beginning of the movie, or near, I guess, the beginning of the movie about how they wouldn't survive, because if they did, blah, 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 none of that would make sense now. Yeah, and I like that they went back to that because uh, I did too. he even says, well, why aren't we dead? Mm-hmm. Well, then I guess that means that we never told them. Yep. And they agree not to tell them, and the worst part of the movie happens, in my opinion. Well, Beth doesn't want to tell the government because she thinks the power will fall into the wrong hands, which may be worse <laughs> than them having it. <laughs> oh, no, but Norman insists we are the wrong hands. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. yes, you are. <laughs> my least favorite part, though, was even before I think the part you're referencing. Norman uh-huh. finally apologized to Beth. Uh-huh. And he follows his apology with a baby voice, okay? It's like you're apologizing uh-huh. to a little kid for accidentally dropping her hair scrunchie on the ground. Yeah, he's, he continuously throughout the film made me think that maybe he was a psychologist for kids. I think he's... Rather than adults. He thinks he's yeah. than everybody. Well, and I thought it was because, like, it would make sense if he had worked with kids because that that is how you speak to kids because they're kids. But he constantly is that way with every adult, pretty much, you know? Mm-hmm. I think maybe with the exception of Harry, but I'm, yes, Harry? Yes. <laughs> I thought I fucked up their names again. <laughs> Everyone's Harry. <laughs> oh, that word. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so you explain it and I'll tell you what, what I hated most about the ending. Uh, they decide that they can, they have the power to forget that they have the power. Mm-hmm. So they all hold hands in a little circle, like the Care Bears, <laughs> and insist mentally, at the count of three, they are going to forget that they have the power to manifest. And in doing so, the sphere, which was apparently undamaged by explosives, shoots out of the water and goes back to space (laughs) okay first of all it was so anticlimactic i think because they just wished it away it's like after all this shit you just literally just stood there in a circle and wished that it never happened basically and then it didn't happen and that scene with the fucking spear flying up it was like a cartoon yeah and i hated it so much i wish they had just done like an explosion instead of the spear of it like after all of the other explosions the spear was still fine and then it itself exploded and that's what made it go away you know what i mean Do you want me to give you a better ending from the book? Please. Yes. In the book, Beth had a similar issue of not being taken seriously and having men discount her credit and Mm -hmm. not listen to her and not, even when she was right, just completely trust other men over her in every situation. Mm -hmm. And she went into the sphere to gain her power. In the end, when they all agreed to forget, Norman and Harry mm. did, and she didn't. She did not to. Nice. And the ending was her smiling beatifically and creepily up into the sky as she was happy because she was still powerful, and they weren't, and no one knew about uh, it. Oh, uh, that's 
Uh, that's definitely way better. Because even if they did still do the whole like holding hands and wishing it away thing, at least she was cool. <laughs> Though I don't know if I want her to still remember and all that, but... No, it would have been dangerous for everybody. It's just a way better ending than them actually all yep. holding hands and forgetting. Yeah, and then I think it ends with um, Norman telling Harry that he's holding his hand. It's like, no, you're holding my hand. And then they release and I'm like, okay. Yep. Cool. That's that's fine. It's anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. I really wanted the ending to be better because there was there was a lot of like issues throughout the movie. Um but we'll talk about that a little more in our final ratings. I remember you texted me and told me you were excited for the aliens. And I'm just like, oh, honey. <laughs> no I really, uh, well, I really wanted there to be aliens. And then I got squid and fishies and um, <laughs> what do you want to call them? So snakes instead. And you know what? I'm pretty sure it's Samuel L. Jackson that was on Snakes on a Plane. So he has a thing with snakes apparently in movies. So that's yeah. interesting. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was hoping for it, but it also made me want to pick a movie for you that is sci-fi, so that'll be coming soon. <laughs> Can't wait. I don't know if you've seen it, but we'll see. Okay. Um, are you ready for final ratings? I am, yeah. I gave it a 60. Ooh, okay. Uh, this is technically a movie, and <laughs> it's enjoyable enough when I'm not thinking about the book. But I think the characters are mostly really underdeveloped and expendable. And mm -hmm. it felt more derivative of other space movies that came out around that time than it, the actual book it was meant to be sourced from. Yeah. I can imagine that if I had also read the book, and especially if I had enjoyed the book, that I would have probably gave, given it a lower rating, but I gave it 72. I thought it was... Yeah, I, I thought it was too long. I thought it dragged on, especially towards the beginning of the movie. Um, but even though the characters were uh, were underdeveloped, I didn't really care about any of them for the most part. Um, I still enjoyed them pretty much the entire time. Even though I hated Norman, I still enjoyed him and his shit because he was at least snarky and funny sometimes, at least at the beginning. Um, I also really liked how they did the like titles of the different like sections I guess kind of like chapters or whatever yeah um and they had some really really great lines plus I mean I couldn't stop that's what she's setting and that made me laugh so I had a good time with it I'm not gonna watch it again <laughs> pretty much ever yeah but and I've seen it you, just because I pick a movie doesn't mean I love the movie it just means I want to talk about the movie I enjoy that. I have a hard time doing that. I feel like every movie I've chosen so far, I'm like 100%, 90%. Oh, this was my choice, and I had to struggle <laughs> to give it 60. So. Yeah, you gave it so much lower than me. You gave, yeah. me 12, you gave it 12% lower than mine. Well, oh. we'll see. Next time, maybe you hate your next movie. Because you might. Dude, Where's My Car from 2000, starring Sean William Scott and Ashton Kutcher. And what a joy it'll be to watch it, I'm sure. Um, check us out on social media in the meantime, guys. We're on Instagram at Millennials at the Movies. We're on Twitter at Millennials ATM. And my personal Twitter is Ami, that's A-M-I underscore movies. And my personal Instagram is Cantaloupe underscore eyes like the fruit. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>